Hey there, and thank you for tuning in to the Occlusal Table. I'm one of your hosts, Taylor Jackson, and today we have the pleasure of having dentists on our panel to discuss their experiences, their journey to their specialty, and taking a deeper look into residency. Let's get started. All right, and today we're here to talk about ortho. I am so excited. We have two very special guests here on the show. Uh, first, our introduction is for Dr. Asia Henry, who is currently an orthodontic resident at Howard University from Clearwater, Florida. She is a first-generation citizen here in the States with her family originating from Jamaica. Dr. Henry majored in exercise science and psychology at Florida State University, and she completed her dental training at the best dental school in the country, and no, that's in her bio, I'm not just saying that, at Meharry Medical College. So let's give that up for Dr. Henry, all right. <laughs> so next we have Dr. Kevin Eatman, who hails from Savannah, Georgia, by the way of Atlanta. He attended and received his Bachelor of Science degree from his beloved Florida A&M University and his DDS degree from Meharry Medical College. He later completed his orthodontic residency at Howard University, and he has practiced since 2003 in South Georgia and has owned South Georgia and South Carolina orthodontics for over 16 years. He sold that seven office practice back in 2019. He currently practices in the metro Atlanta area, and his practice name there is Alliance Orthodontics. It's a 12-office practice that covers the greater Atlanta area, which he has owned for over nine years. So let's give it up for Dr. Eatman. Woo! <laughs> All right. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the main discussion, you know, the typical question that's always asked, what made you want to pursue orthodontics and why? I'll go ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you were going to say that. Okay. So when did I choose to pursue, pursue orthodontics? I actually chose to pursue orthodontics in high school, um, actually my senior year. So after completing an internship with um, the public defender's um, office in Clearwater, Florida. I always wanted to be a judge, but after that experience, my heart was set on becoming an orthodontist. Um, as a child, I always wanted braces. I looked at my peers, they had their braces, they had their different old ties, and I just loved it. And I saw the change in them and I wanted that for myself. So um, I actually did have braces in college when I was at Florida State and I just, it just fueled me and I just knew that that's what I wanted to provide for someone else. And I love my braces so much, they had to force me to <laughs> remove them when I was in college. Um, and I actually have them again now. Um, but the main reason why is it, it changes someone's life. You know, aesthetics is so important in our everyday life. and Orthodontics does that to our patients. Okay, so um, I can answer that question as well. Um, well, for me, um, growing up, like I, I guess I'll start in the middle school, high school. I always loved math and science. Those are my two favorite subjects, math and science. So uh, in between my junior and senior year of high school in Savannah, um, I did a uh, attended a summer program at the Medical College of Georgia in Augusta. Uh, it was a program called Student Educational Enrichment Program. It was a program designed to get more minorities, Af Af particularly African-American students, into the health sciences, since we, at the time, represented about 14% of the population, but less than 2% of us at the time in, the, in those late 90s were in the healthcare professions as medical doctors or dental uh, or dentists. And um, we had about, it was about 15, 20 students there from all, throughout the state of Georgia, African-American uh, students, male and female. And it was like three dental students, African-American dental students that were there at the time at MCG, Medical College of Georgia. And they really got us, in, they got me really interested out of all the 20-some students there. I was the only one interested in dentistry. They all raised, we all raised a hand. Who's interested in medical school? We all raised our hands. Who's, who's interested in dental school? I raised my hand and I looked around. I was like, nobody else raised a hand. I was like, oh, 
okay. And uh, and so like some of the students there, they those three students kind of uh, on the on the don't side of things, they 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 flocked to me and talked me in and said, hey, you know, you, you know, talk me talk dental school up. And because um, I was open to anything like engineering, medical, dental, I just love math and science. And so after that program, that two week or three week summer program, I went to my senior year in Savannah High School. I said, you know, what? I think I want to go to dental school. And um, and while I was in dental school, because the question was why orthodontics, about the second year in dental school, we got in the dental lab. I kind of realized, oh, man, uh, I don't really like dentistry. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but, you know, at that time, I was about ooh, 80, 90,000 in the hole. So I said, you know what, Kevin? You're not a quitter, and you better figure this out fast, my man. So... The one thing I did like in my in my second year of dental lab was, was orthodontics. I like making a retainer and, and learning about orthodontics. I never had braces before. I had fairly straight teeth, and nobody in my family ever had braces. Um, but I was like, man, this is kind of interesting. So I like endodontics too, but I like ortho a little bit more because I said, man, this, this is going to be uh, real interesting trying to alterate these these uh, the lacerated canals and all. I'm like, ooh, let me. I think I like ortho better. So I, I pursued ortho, um, you know, uh, my last two, two and a half years of, of dental school. And uh, I, I became a, um, I worked for the chairwoman of the orthodontic department there, Dr. Sandra Harris, um, at, her, at her own private practice. So, you know, I would, I would kind of be with her as much as I can. And she wrote a great letter of recommendation for me. Sometimes it's who you know, not what you know. It's, or it could be a little both, but especially who you know. And so she was able to get me into Howard Ortho, made a call. And getting in there, so that's that's why I got into ortho. <laughs> so I actually wanted to comment on your story because this is something that happens in our field all the time. So orthodontists, um, we have this stigma that we don't like dentistry and that we're running away from it, right? And there are people that are like that. Like, I, I love that you brought that up because so many orthodontists, that is their story, but it's so different for me. Like, I love everything about dentistry. I loved cutting a crown. I was always very good with my hands. Like, you hear people like, oh, do you guys have hands? Like, who has hands? Like, who has hands in your class? I had hands. Like, I could do anything, but I just loved orthodontics. So. I think it's important that people understand that, yes, that is a stigma because orthodontics is so different compared to other branches of dentistry. However, don't stick that stigma on everybody because it's not that orthodontists cannot do general dentistry, cannot do pros, cannot do operative. It's just a choice that we make. So, um, I get that all the time. So it was funny that you actually said that in your story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I tried, man. I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. And it's not for everybody. Like when I was in school, you know, you're there, you're learning new stuff, you're excited ab about it. But after a while, you start thinking, man, can I do this for 10, 20, 30 years? And so you, you start to kind of, some people start to realize sooner than others, hey, I'm feeling this, I'm not feeling this as much. And so, you know, it just happens. <laughs> And, you know, that's actually quite interesting because I actually never even heard that. Maybe I'm just too young in, you know, the dental world um, and everything now. But uh, I actually never even heard that stigma about orthodontists. So, wow. Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that, too. So, um, and Dr. Henry, like even with you being in residency and everything, what's a, you know, your first day like? What was... Uh, what did you have to do? What was required of you? Um, and what was even the process to get into residency? Oh, goodness. I'm thinking like, oh, this is so long ago, but it was just not that long ago. Um, <laughs> so the process of getting into residency, of course, starts with getting into dental school, of course, and being a strong student. Um, I think in the orthodontic world, especially if you are um, intending on, it, it just depends on what school you're interested in, but um, grades are very important when it comes to orthodontics because orthodontics is a whole nother theory. So when they're choosing their residents, they 
want to know that you're able to um you're able to understand and tackle this new theory that they are giving to you. So grades are very important. Um, I did take the GRE, however, um, I knew the school that I wanted to go to um, wasn't GRE based. Like they weren't looking at the GRE, but yes, you have to take your GRE. It's important to be a well-rounded student. And that's what my goal was when I was at Meharry. Um, I made sure I participated in community service. I made sure I was involved in research. I shadowed um, uh, building those relationships. Um, my mentors were Dr. Lavelle and Dr. Harris. Um, building those relationships with the faculty and also just just being well-rounded, going on a mission trip. I know it's different now because of COVID, but just making sure you're a well-rounded candidate um, to be chosen as a future resident. Um, and also, like, what is residency like? Uh, so here at Howard, wirebending is very important. Um, that's one thing as an orthodontist that is a trick in your treasure box. You must know how to bend wire. So, uh, coming into Howard, that was, it was like a wire bending boot camp. So just be ready to bend wire. No, it's not something you need to know how to do, um, entering residency. However, um, practice makes perfect. So wire bending is very important with orthodontics. Okay, cool. So the question was, what was residency like? Um, well, for me, it was definitely challenging. Um, I'm not a big wire bender. <laughs> and um, Dr. Henry is definitely right. You have to bend a boatload of wires. And, um, and so I need a lot of help. <laughs> I was like in remediation with wire bending. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. You know, I was not that good at it. And I didn't have great hands like Dr. Henry either. I had like stone hands. I'm left-handed, so I had two left hands. And um, even in dental school. So it was, you know, sitting on, you know, on a model with the typhodon and things like that. I'm like, man, this is, this ain't looking too good, Kev. What, what we got, what we gonna do here, bro? And so I, I made it through. Um, but for, for residency, back to residency, um, just, yeah, like she said, a lot of wire bending, um, a lot of like orthodontic theory, um, it, because it's definitely di uh, different than, you know, doing class two or class five, you know, uh, restorations and things like that. It's, it's a whole different ball game. And I, my, I had also a uh, big challenge just learning, getting down all the ortho theory. Um, and during, during the residency with Dr. Vu and Dr. Zanali and some of these other instructors, Dr. Haynes and, um, gosh, I'm forgetting all the names of the instructors, but um it that was definitely a challenge for me some some of my uh, colleagues it was six of us in the, in the residency program and like four of them were just flying through you know four of them attended howard already for under for dental school and heather and myself we attended uh meharry so it's four Meha two meharians and four Howard folks at the, at the howard Oka program that year and um it just it just didn't come natural but that's okay we just had, had to keep doing it and doing it and practicing more and more and just really getting into the ortho theory and just kind of going over it over and over again. Um, I don't have a photographic memory, so I have to, I'm a scrapper. I don't, you know, some people just naturally get into high school. They didn't study at all and, or in college, they fall asleep and they'll get up in the morning cram. I couldn't do that. I would freak the heck out. I, I, I gotta go over it over and over and over and over again. So, so I can become somewhat proficient at it. Um, so um, that was my, um, that's what residency was like for me. It, to me, it was a lot of pressure because I had this instructor, Dr. Russell, and I was his whipping boy for those two years. You know how you have certain instructors that like to kind of stay on your butt? Well, I was the uh, the one he uh, pledged, and I'm not talking about Greek fraternities either, <laughs> during, during my residency there. Man, I was like, good, I can't wait to get out of here, man. This is this is, this is rough. Um, so that, that was my experience. I'm, like you said, this is the thing we're keeping it 100, as, as the kids say nowadays, keeping it real. That it was definitely a challenge for me to, to, to get to that residency unscathed. And I definitely have some welts and some bruises from, from, from my residency. I, enjoy, I enjoyed most of it, the camaraderie with you know, your colleagues, your classmates, and things like that. But it was definitely a challenge, and they, they kept my feet to the fire during the whole two-plus years there. 
you are so funny and i'm thinking of these people that you're naming and i'm just it's it's hilarious but yes i think um there's always a bell curve there's always people who you know get it easy there's people that's in you know very average just in the middle and there's people who have to work a little bit harder so there's always a bell curve regardless of what residency you go to and um that is just so funny it's it's so funny because some of those names are still here at Howard so I just love it (laughs) absolutely absolutely um and then even with uh preparing for residency and things like that. Um, you know, what are some things that even that you can give to uh, a senior student that's actually applying now? What advice can you give them being in this whole interview process um, as far as uh, an applicant that you think um, would be the most favorable uh, going to residency? Uh, I would say, don't procrastinate. You know, na- naturally as humans, we're, most of us are procrastinators. I know I am um, to some degree. Uh, so apply early. Uh, some people, I've talked to some people who are, who are ortho residents, they say, I only applied to one or two programs. Man, I applied to like 15 of them things, like coast to coast, highways and byways, like everywhere. Uh, I mean, because I didn't know if I was going to get in. My grades were above average. They weren't like killer um, as far as dental school. Um, but I just apply to as many as I can. I studied history of like for as African-American uh, dentists trying to become an ortho resident. What, who, who has a, a big history of, of accepting, say, uh, African-American uh, students for their residency program, like, say, Case Western or Ohio or University of Michigan or some of these, uh, you know, a different other program, Jacksonville program in Jacksonville and Georgia School of Orthodontics in Atlanta, just different things like that. So do your research on who has as African-American or Hispanic person, whoever's listening to this podcast, who has a history of accepting people of color or a decent percentage of us into their programs, apply to all of those programs. You know, the, and I always tell people the best, you know what the best program is for you? And they say, what? I said, the one you get into, whether it's in Malibu or Smokey Dog, oh, wow. no, it don't matter. Get The key is getting in. <laughs> I mean, I agree with everything he just said. Uh, I can't even add or subtract. I agree with him wholeheartedly. <laughs> like, Wherever you get in, that's where you get in and apply to all that have the history of giving us a chance. Sometimes, you know, you have that one time where they open up the door and give you a chance and just know if you go there and you are the first, make sure you represent very well for us so that people behind you can come to the same residency program. For sure. <laughs> no doubt about that one. <laughs> definitely. You get one, I, one chance make, yeah, you get one chance to make that first impression, man. Definitely, definitely represent for the brothers and sisters, you know? Yeah, and representation is important too. So it is, it is. Any residency that Maharians or, you know, just any of us go to, we have to represent. We have to put that on our heart and make sure. We just, we have to be the best if we can. Like, we have to make that first impression. We have to not only think about ourselves, but the the future of our people. So it's just very important, regardless if AGD, GPR, any other specialty, like, you must represent for us. Absolutely. I like the sound of that. Definitely. Um, <laughs> so then even um, post-residency, uh, when it comes to working in DSOs or private practices, um, associateships, even um, when it comes to the business side of ortho, uh, what would you recommend or suggest um, to someone who is uh, a new practice, you know, in practicing um, orthodontist? Uh, well, for me, I recommend all of them. Um, it depends on like, you put your you cash in that out far and wide. You don't know what you're going to pull in. So um, look at, you got to figure out where you want to be at, uh, which area, Southeast, Northeast, West Coast, Southwest, Midwest. Um, so you figure that out and, and don't just be, uh, I wouldn't just 
have be heart set on say one particular city or one particular state. Um, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, be open, be flexible. Particularly if you're single, you don't are are you newly married? You don't have any kids. You, you have that flexibility, have that range to go from coast to coast, right? So, uh, uh, Bart, depending on your which um, licensing exam you took, um, that, that sort of deal. So don't forget about that too. But um, I would say for DSOs, I mean, if you're first coming out, you can be an associate at a private practice in a mom and pop practice like mine. Or you can go work for, say, like a Great Expressions or Dental and Orthodontics or Family Orthodontics. There's all these other big DSO groups. And to just get your feet wet, get your experience, start seeing like a ton of patients, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 patients a day, getting your feet wet, right, and, and getting that experience down. And then save up some ducats, save up some money uh, during those first one, two, three years you're an associate to look at possibly if you want to go solo. Um, look at opening your own de novo practice or I would personally, what I did was I, I bought an existing practice in Savannah. It was an orthodontist who was in his early seventies looking to sell his practice. And he was looking for two and three years to find somebody like me to buy it in Savannah, Georgia. Um, it's, just, you know, it's 300,000 people. It's not like Atlanta with like 5 million. My sister-in-law calls it Slovanna, but it's Savannah. Um, <laughs> so everybody want all these, these young uh, residents, they want to go to the big cities, not all of them, but most of them, they want to go to Atlanta, New York, or Houston, you know, um, sometimes you have to go, you know, sometimes it's better to, to go to a smaller city, you know, you get, you get, you know, less traffic, you get a better experience, you know, easier, easy, easier going patients, which is huge. <laughs> we may get into later. Good Lord. A town, man, I tell you. Anyway, um, so it may be better to do that, whether, like I said, so DSO could work, private practice as an associate could work. Now, I wouldn't necessarily recommend going right into like owning your own private practice um, because it's it may be a little overwhelming for someone. If you do, you may want that selling doctor to stay with you for six months to a year, maybe a year and a half to get you that that credibility in that particular city or location you're in. Um, because, you know, when I came out, um, I bought it from, a, 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 the orthodox I bought it from was a 70-something-year-old white dude. And a uh, nice gentleman, looks like Santa Claus, big dude, Dr. Tiffin. And um, and I look, you know, I'm 45 now, but man, when I came out, I was 27, right? So I look like I was about 16, you know? <laughs> Pimples on my face, stressed out, trying to get out of D.C. Um, at the time in, in D.C., the, uh, the, the uh, when I was in school, the World Trade Center got bombed that same day I was getting certified for Invisalign and the Pentagon got bombed, um, you know, and they lost hundred and something people there. And one of my instructors at Howard Ortho program, his uh, wife's, I think his, one of his wife's relatives was one of the hundred something people that got killed it, 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 there. And then the, the, the anthrax situation was going on, male anthrax in the mail was going on in DC when I was at Howard and the sniper situation was going on when I was at Howard, the Malboro boys. Wow, so that's a like, lot. <laughs> Man, our brother was stressing DC. Let me tell you, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, but I, I got. They held me over for a couple of weeks there. The program to Doctor Russell, the, the hazing part two. Yeah, it's some hazing Meharry, hazing Howard. Just HBCU. You gotta look. I'm not even. I'm not even in fraternity. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I got, I got, I, I was supposed to finish up in early June. I stayed there till like the Fourth of July weekend. And once I finally got signed up, out. Elizabeth Hayes got me my signed me out at around noon. I got the U-Haul at 1 p.m. I lo- started loading from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. my apartment. And I took off at 9 p.m. that Saturday and got to Savannah around 6 a.m. that next morning. So, but anyway, that's the side note. But back to the DSLs of private practice. <laughs> so you were ready to go. Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I was ready to go, as they say, right? Um, but either one would work. It's just, you know, if you're young, just get out, get your feet wet, get the experience. Then in one, two, three years from there, figure out, hey, do you want to own your own? Do you want to still continue to be an associate? Do you want to buy an existing practice and start one on your own? So it's a lot of great flexibility there. It's not, it's nothing set in stone. So I definitely agree with everything that he said. Uh, that's actually my plan. So I will definitely put my applications out, um, whether to work for a DSO or be an associate um, at a private practice. But at the end of the day, after mm, three to five years, probably more so two to three, 
Um, I definitely have a plan to own my own practice, whether that is buying someone else's practice or building on my own because I'm very interested in real estate. Um, that is my plan. So I'll definitely call you for some advice <laughs> since you have cool, so cool. much experience. I was actually so, going to ask as like a follow-up question, what advice would you give um, to someone who's actually trying to purchase um, an existing practice um, or any tips that you'd give to them? Um, I would say get, definitely get someone you can trust, um, a good attorney um, who's, had, who's done transactions like this or, or um, who's worked with uh, different dentists and medical doctors uh, who, who have acquired practices via the noble or, 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 or existing practices. So they know the ins and outs on the contract, the contract, the contract. You got to make sure your contract is airtight. <laughs> because if not, things, some things can hit the fan that you didn't expect later. Um, so you just got to make sure all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. Um, business, uh, getting a business consultant and, and, and a great attorney who deals specifically with those type of acquisitions is crucial. Also, talking to some of your um, older colleagues uh, that, are, have, that have been out for a while. Like Dr. Henry said, hey, she and she has some. She may have some questions to pick my brain when she's out. And I know I picked the brain of many, uh, well, a couple of my good friends who are who've been out in ortho five, 10, 15 years longer than me. You know, uh, definitely picked their brain, asked them a ton of questions. I bugged them to death, and and I just stayed in the ear and asking, and asking, and asking. That can only it can only help you. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Getting a good, a good mentor, you know, um, can definitely help when it comes to uh, just throughout life, because um, you never know what you need uh, advice on in the future. Absolutely. So then um, speaking of that, then what piece of uh, business or financial advice would you have given to your younger self? Um, when it comes to even, you know, budgeting right or saving or what were your spending habits like compared to now versus dental school? Um, I, I would say f for that, um, save money. You know, when you're young, you know, in dental school or undergrad, you know, you, that, that thing, man, I'm broke as a joke. I'm like starving Marvin over here. Um, Definitely. once you get out... <laughs> And once you get out and, and, um, and you get your first job and you get that first paycheck, you know, you're like, there's your pal, I'm rich. You know, <laughs> you're, you're thinking you could buy the bar, you know, you buy them all, but you got to be disciplined. You know, don't go buy, out buying a new Mercedes and, you know, Rolex, Rolex watches and, and, and diamond rings and all this kind of stuff. Um, you can buy a few nice things, but keep it in moderation. Um, you know, go buy that huge house that you, you know, wait, we'll save up for a few years first, you know, um, and save up for retirement, you know, stash a little bit away, get with a business advisor as well. Um, an investment advisor is someone who deals with retirement. Even if you're in your twenties and you're finishing residency or early thirties, you can never start early too early, uh, to start saving and getting a 401k established, things like that, because that thing is going to grow exponentially as you get older, particularly if you start that young, uh, you know, man, you look up, you know, five, 10, 15 years later, it's like, man, I'm so glad I started that. Um, as opposed to waiting until you're 40 or something to start saving money, kind of late in the game for that. You got you to gotta start early saving, investing, not splurging too heavy. You can splurge a little bit, but not a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So some... I'll start with finance. Um, financial advice I would give to myself is to just encourage myself to continue doing what I was doing. Um, you made some valid points. Um, I thank my mother for uh, guiding me and instilling, instilling in me what she didn't know when she was younger. So I was always very financially savvy. I always had multiple jobs since I was a freshman in high school. So I started investing in my retirement. I opened up an IRA when I was in high school. I always loved saving money. Um, so, of course, my family's from Jamaica, so we are just very hardworking people. <laughs> uh, 
um, typically. So I always had the hustler in me. So I would just say, just continue doing that. And um, of course, rewarding yourself whenever um, it's necessary because you have to have a balance, right? Like you can have the discipline to save money and think about your future. However, you are still living life. So enjoy life, but um, in moderation. Um, Business-wise, I would encourage myself to network more. Like, sure, I do network, but I think that I could have done more. Um, it's I don't think there's ever a limit to networking. Um, and you said it earlier. Um, it's not always what you know, but who you know and the people that's in your corner um, and the connections that they have that can benefit you. So I would say network more um, on the business and uh, to my younger self. Definitely some great tips there. (laughs) Um, Now also uh, technology has um, truly made a difference uh, in the world of orthodontics. So what new techniques um, can be implemented in practice today that can enhance uh, the overall patient experience? Okay. You want to go first? (laughs) Um, sure. Uh, I think it's important to always be current on new technologies in any field, right? Specifically in orthodontics, scanners are very important. Um, utilization of tads and aligners are very important right now and gaining much popularity. And of course, during this COVID, um, doing uh, consults virtually or anything virtually to decrease the contact between you and the patient is very important as well. So it's important to keep yourself current with those technologies and also the people around you um, and even your patients, like training them so that they can communicate with you. So anything with investing in that is, is knowledge that is key right now, especially during this pandemic. Okay. Well, I guess I'm kind of old school with this. Technology is cool. Um, I would say for me, uh, the communication, social, just uh, technology, uh, having a good platform, social media, um, so that you can communicate with your clients and prospective clients um, where they can get at you easy, contact you, email, text, uh, phone calls, uh, going on your website and and inquiring for a free consultation, things like that. Having up-to-date websites, up-to-date social media, up-to-date search engine optimizations. I spend a ton every week on um, uh, Google and and, and Yahoo and Bing and G's, Paper clips. Um, having had that uh, and having a good uh, advertise, uh, what do you call it? Social, yeah, excuse me, media um, or advertising representative. Sorry, I'm going to mix my words up here. Different media or an advertising representative um, and paying good money for that um, because, you know, I, like I said, I advertise a ton. Uh, I pretty much take all PPO insurance plans, um, a lot of word of mouth. I drop tons of things off every week or every year. Every quarter to my different dental referrals um, and um, referrals, and I act also to uh, meet a ton and have a, a marketing director who who sends out goodies and stuff to people who don't refer to me, and we just keep hitting them and hitting them and hitting them and hitting them, and sometimes we'll get one to flip, like Biden did Georgia this this. Uh, <laughs> All right, <laughs> that was good. That was yeah. good. <laughs> Um, it might be a little dated when it's phased, but yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Jordan's turning blue. Yeah, baby. Try to get political, but hey, I've been waiting for 20 something years for Georgia to turn blue, man. Come on. Yes, I'm so happy for y'all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but back, back to the technology of ortho. Um, so that now, uh, yeah, the scanners, digital scanners and stuff, when you're doing um, different models and Invisalign scanning, things like that, that's important as well. Um, and I don't, you know, tads are important. I don't do too many tads. Like I said, I'm, I'm just kind of old school. Depends on your clientele. If you got a risky clientele that can spend that tad money, go, go with it. 
Uh, me, I'm the, you know, I do no-down payment, low monthly payments. I try to sign about 130, 150 a month. You know what I mean? So I go, I grind hard. It's all business to me, man. I'm gonna do a good job, but um, it's I'm, I'm trying to make a little money here, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also uh, make a difference in people's uh, lives, uh, smiles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you had to add that in there, <laughs> right? <laughs> edit that how you want to edit that. I'm just keeping it 100 for the kids, for the boys and girls. So and yeah, technology is cool. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not technology but i do it because i have to you know but yeah do, do that you're your own resident you can learn all this new stuff once you get out two three four five years all these 20 things you want to implement you do about two three of them <laughs> the mother mm-hmm. 15 16 you're like man yeah. <laughs> it's too many things to keep up with. Say, say it again i said it's too many new things to keep up with but as long as you're doing good work they're going to Keep on coming back. So that's what's important. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Keep doing good work. Don't sacrifice the quality of your work. And then, in word, you know, it'll spread word of mouth even. Even if you don't advertise a ton, word of mouth. But you, you still better advertise a ton, though. <laughs> and get your name out there. Particularly where you are. Like, well, in Savannah, I was the biggest orthodontic group in Savannah. I had seven, eight locations. And I was, had two in South Carolina, which borders Savannah, and then five in South Georgia. Five to six in South Georgia. And, you know, I was the first African-American orthodontist in Savannah, you know, so people would look at me like this pimply faced 20 something year old kid out saying he's the owner, this black dude. I'm like, yeah, I'm educated. I got, got a few degrees. Yeah, we did. You know, I learned, I'm learned it. I'm learning. And, um, <laughs> and so over time, I grew from two locations to three to four to five to six to seven, came to Atlanta, started off with five and opened about ooh, seven more you know, over the years. So. Just, just grinding, you know. Uh, you, you do a great job. You, you'll, you'll do well. You'll grow. You know, you may not want to grow that much to that point, because man, after about three, four locations, it gets a little squirrely. Let me tell you. Woo! That might be. A, you might, hey, you might have to do another podcast just on that alone. I, I can sit down for. I will tell you about how the game really is. But I'm, for, but I'm gonna be encouraging and uplifting for the young dental residents and adult residents. So I'll keep it, keep it real uh, PG like there. Um, just work hard. <laughs> And you'll do great. <laughs> <laughs> that was very encouraging. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, being oh, very, yeah, very modest, God. saying that you have, you know, all all of these multiple practices, you know, very modest with that. <laughs> My wife didn't want me to open that many, but uh, she's a, she's an anesthesiologist. But uh, oh, and, nice. Um, well, she's stay home mom. She's stay home mom now. We have a twelve year old, eleven year old at home. So uh, I would say, hey, honey, you want to go to work? She's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, oh, 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 I know yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I get back out here in these streets. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so then even uh, with that, um, and uh, Dr. Henry even brought up teledentistry and everything. Um, how has COVID-19 impacted you um, business-wise, residency-wise, um, patient base, everything like that? Um, how has it impacted you? So as far as residency, I'm not able to see as many patients weekly. Um, however, you just have to take advantage of the time. So you must take advantage of your education. So I need to, you know, continue to indulge in my articles for my boards. You know, I might listen to a podcast here or there or watch a webinar but um, it definitely has affected us, but the program must, must continue because I must graduate on time, right? So I can mm-hmm. get to the money. <laughs> um, teledentistry, yes, we were trained on teledentistry. Um, we don't uh, really do teledentistry unless we have to or it's for emergencies. Otherwise, we just tell patients to come on in for their emergency. But you definitely have to be careful with um, how many patients are in the clinic and how many doctors are in the clinic, assistants, all that good stuff. So in that manner, it has affected um, the residency. Okay. Well, for me, we, we closed down the last week of March and opened back up the third week in May. We were closed about seven weeks. So I had, had that was like 2,000 appointments canceled. So it was tough trying to get those 
all those people back in um, with all the locations. Um, but uh, thank goodness for the PPP. Um, that helped us out a lot with payroll and rent for a couple of months. Um, and then we're, we're about 95% where we were. Um, so we're, 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 we're it, it picked back up uh, quickly because people were itching and raring to get back in for their appointments because, you know. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they were like, man, when can I come back in? When can I come back in? I'm like, when we open. And then once we open, it, you can't, you can't like put seven weeks of appointments into like two weeks. So people were kind of salty, you know, brothers and sisters like, yo, you open back up. How come I can't come in? I said, because we're getting, we get the people from the first two weeks we're closed in for this first week. And my staff's like mad as heck at me for like double and triple booking all these people. And then you know, so I couldn't win those first few months, you know, it was crazy because everybody wanted to come in. But now we're, we're back on, on um, it's kind of settled now. So it affected us a, a little bit, but thank goodness for the, it would have affected us a lot if it weren't for the PPP. And uh, it helped a ton. Um, but now we're, I think we're, by the end of the year in January, we'll be back to normal like we were prior to COVID. And I hope it's not another government shutdown. So wear your mask, people. Wear your mask. <laughs> yeah. And it's so crazy. I mean, congratulations for only being down for seven weeks. We were down for months. And it depends on the area, too. Like, you know, the southern states like Florida and maybe Georgia, too. Um, their leadership is a little more lenient when it comes to this pandemic. But up here in D.C., the mayor is very strict, which I, you know, I appreciate uh, when it comes to safety, but that definitely affected um, the residencies and um, the students and residents going back for patient care. So it was it was it's a big thing. Definitely. Um, and then, I mean, this whole pandemic has impacted truly each and every one of us uh, in different ways. So thank you for sharing those experiences and everything. So then with um, all of the uh, third party companies out there like Smile Direct Club, um, what are your thoughts on companies related to that kind of uh, quote unquote dental work? Well, personally, I hate them. <laughs> I hate them to death. You ever seen Samuel Jackson, the Mississippi Vernon? I hope they die and go. No, I'm kidding. Uh, be careful. Man, my wife, my, my kids may be listening to this. No. Um, I don't like them, though. I still don't like Well, y'all hate them. I said it. Um, I hope they get sued and, and bought out from, from by Invisalign or somebody. Just like um, Clear Correct or what, what's the other group? Clear Correct or something like that They who got bought out by Invisalign. I mean, they're taking business from us, bottom line. But the biggest people taking business from us is the general dentist doing Invisalign. Like, it, it, it's, but then I got to be careful with my referring dentist here this, but, uh, yeah, man, I don't like it. I wish they, I wish they never invented Invisalign be on the real with you. I wish they never did. I, I'll be making a lot more money than I, have, than I am now, just being real with you. But, hey, it's here now. You got to live with it. So that's the game. The game is the game. So you got you to gotta fight with them. You got to, you know, I've, I've, I've um, bailed so many dentists out from the six-month smiles, so many patients out from their own self, self-practicing um, smile direct stuff because they don't work on inclusion. They don't really look at your overall occlusion. They just close the space up in the front if you have spacing, if you have some rotations with the crowding. But your bites, a lot of times their bites are like jacked up, man. And so I just hope they get, I just hope something happens to them where they just get out of the game because it's just another thing and they're just taking taking business from Orthodontist. That's that's how I look at it. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm just like I said, I'm not going to do, you know, uh, I'm not beating around a bush on that. I hate them something gun. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. Even even as a resident, I've had to bail out some um, situations like clearly a class three and then you're doing Invisalign. Now they have um, have trauma. They're in pain. They they have mobility. Um, A lot of times they're only working from canine to canine, closing that space and not dealing with the posterior occlusion. So it's so many things. It's just that we as orthodontists have to really, I guess, communicate with our patients how important it is to go to a specialist, a person who has went the extra mile to get the extra knowledge to treat you correctly and not to bash the general dentist, but 
If you are going to treat, treat very simple, very simple. I would say definitely refer to an orthodontist. I would say, you know, leave it alone because honestly, ethically, you're supposed to be able to treat the patient at the caliber of a specialist. You can't. You don't have the knowledge that I, that I have. And even if a patient is class one and it seems simple, like a little spacing, a little crowding, there could be something else going on that you don't even know. Like residency, I was like, whoa, I didn't know all of this knowledge even existed. So honestly, as a general dentist, I would kind of leave it alone because I think in a way you're opening up yourself to a lawsuit, just like these companies that's not really um, treating the malocclusion. They're just treating the aesthetics from canine to canine. So I, I would I would definitely agree with you wholeheartedly about that. Just leave it alone and go to a specialist. Go to us to treat you. Absolutely. Um, so with that, how, what advice would you give um, to someone who is aspiring uh, to become an orthodontist? You know, um, is it the best field to even go into now and pursue, uh, given all of the regulations and stipulations that are in dentistry now? I think so. I think it's a it's a beautiful field. What do you think? I I, I wouldn't change my mind. Um, I'm very happy with the choice that I made. Um, I do feel like, yes, we do have competition with general, um, dentists. However, uh, advice to anybody, especially expiring, um, orthodontists, I mean, know thyself, um, know if this is truly the field that you want to go into, know the type of student you are. Like if you need to study more, know, know exactly who you are and be true in the assessment of yourself, right? Um, Like I said before, be well-rounded if you do want to be a good candidate and also always take pride in anything that you're producing. That's the biggest thing. Orthodontics is all about being meticulous. So just always take pride in everything that you're producing as a professional, as a person. So I think those are the, those are the biggest things. I would not change my decision. I am truly um, happy and I am excited about going forward with my career. Okay, uh, for me, man, Dr. Hero, you sound so professional. I need to be more like you. <laughs> man, girl. Man. Man. I was about to say, go and get it. You're trying to do, become an orthodontist, aspiring orthodontist? I say, just do it. I'm an I'm I'm Adidas guy, but I'm going to go Nike style on you and say, just do it. Um, go for it. Um, and Work hard. Get great, good grades. Network that thing to death. Um, as far as while you're in dental school and um, buddy up to your ortho, the chairperson of the ortho department, <laughs> become their friend, get a good letter of recommendation, <laughs> possibly even a killer phone call to get you through. You feel yes. me? So do, do all of that. Do everything, do everything, you know, to, to, do, to, to do what it takes to get in the program, the residency program. But like she said, be professional, be respectful when you need to be, and which is most of the time, of course. I'm being a little silly here, and I'm usually like that. Um, even outside the office, even with certain patients, I, I kind of joke like this, and I do it to keep from crying. <laughs> no, you don't. I'm, I'm a it's... little crazy. I'm a little crazy because I got a lot of stuff, a lot of plate spinning, and I try not to go crazy and get my blood pressure elevated, you know, too high and that kind of deal because I don't want to get on meds and stuff like that. <laughs> and everything. I don't, I don't want to take those. I have allergy medicines, but anyway, go, I just say, go for it. Um, and don't be scared. Don't be scared. Just go for it. I, I love, I love that. I love that. I agree. I agree. Um, and sometimes you have to be a little crazy and goofy with patients. So that, that is a good <laughs> attribute. Okay. Just, mm-hmm. I love, just go for it. Just go for it. Absolutely. I, I agree with him. If it's what you want, do what you got to do. 
Yeah. And I know that there are even some of my classmates that are aspiring to apply to ortho residencies next year. Um, and, you know, and their anxiety even to apply is through the roof. So what uh, would you say to them, you know, um, as far as uh, making sure that they can either secure that spot and then um, even for those that do apply in this cycle now, uh, if they um, are not granted that opportunity, what advice would you give to them? I mean, like he said, make sure you're solid, go for it, make sure you network and you um, have to chair like as one of your mentors and be able to write you a bomb letter and maybe make a phone call for you because like like we both said, it's not always what you know, it's who you know. So network and just go for it and just make sure you're a solid candidate and do amazing in your interview too. show personality like He's doing a lot of personality. <laughs> Turn your nails. Get your. Make sure your fro tight. Oh, sorry. Most people don't have a fro. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Your perm, your braids. Make sure everything looks tight. You feel me? Like don't have that little piece of lettuce you had at lunch. You know that salad you ate. You know stuck between your teeth. Make sure you look right before yes. you go on that interview. And say yes, sir. Yes, this dude. Be very, very proper. Be a little loose a little bit, but also proper. Let them know you're not a stiff, but you're being respectful. And But you also want to have fun, you know. Kind of how like a lady said, they're looking for the perfect man. Be strong, but weak. You know, tall, but short. Mm-hmm. But firm. All, you got to be all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I'll give you a story. I want to give you a story. Um, so sure. when I was in the country, um, one of the instructors in the oral diagnostic department, and I'm not going to say his name because he's still, he, someone, he works at Howard now. And I saw him one day and I said, and I'll tell you why I saw it when I said when I saw him. But um, so I said, man, I want to be an orthodontist. He said, yo, Kev, man, I'm looking at your grades, man. Yeah, yeah, all right, right. Um, but why, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you're gonna get in. In fact, don't even apply. Don't even waste your time applying. You, you, you're not the kind of person they're looking for. I was crushed, man. My brother was crushed. And for a couple of weeks, and one of my my colleagues, he said, yo, Kev. Why are you looking so down, man? Like somebody took your lunch. I, 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 was, I told her what the instructor told me. And she's like, man, don't listen to him. If a guy put it on your heart to do it, you go do it. You go apply. Don't listen to him. You just go, go for it. And then I, and, I, and she pat me up because she was actually trying to get an ortho too. So I, I went ahead and I applied. And like I said, I, I got in. I was the first person to interview uh, at Howard on the first day of interviews. And I was... And I was one of those six that got in out of the, I think, 89 or 100, 100 something people applied. And so you just never know what God's going to do for you. Um, you just got to go for it. Don't don't doubt yourself. Now, if you don't get in the first time, re- reapply, you know, and then look at some other programs to reapply to. Maybe you apply to eight programs, apply to another additional eight the following go around on the next application process and, and just keep going, you know. That's about maybe you don't get in like the third or fourth time. Maybe God's telling you, <laughs> you ain't getting in. <laughs> you better have a plan B, homegirl, homeboy. So <laughs> we get some other alternative routes in the field of dentistry. <laughs> but keep going, though. It's the first three years. So <clears throat> You are so right. Don't let anybody bring you down or take away your dream and to comment on, like, make sure you're looking right. I remember around interview time, like, I I get bored with my hair sometimes, so I'll color it. Like, not crazy colors, but, like, around that time, I was, like, a burgundy, like, a, a reddish burgundy copper tone. Honey, when interview time came around, I dyed it black. Got my sewing, made sure it was nice curls, nice and professional, just still, you know, still fabulous, but definitely do what you have to do during interview time to put mm-hmm. your best foot forward. <laughs> but uh, yeah. definitely have a little, don't be too stiff, but show some personality. Guys look sharp, girls look cute. I'm just, I said, yeah, I said it. <laughs> I know it's 2020. I ain't say flirt with nobody, but hey, look, look the part now. Look the part, mm-hmm. be the part. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah. I appreciate y'all keeping it real for like really. Um, because people, you know, they they like this co- type of content, really. So uh thank you. Um and then even uh if we were to put ortho aside, um, what do you like to do outside of the office? I'll let you go first. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. What I like to do, I'm a sports junkie, right? So I've been a Laker fan since 82. I'm on cloud nine. Brian got it that 17 brain. So I'm a sports junkie. I'm a fo- I like college football, um, college basketball. I'm a Tar Heel guy. I'm a Florida Gator guy. I'm a um, Laker above all, New York Giants football. So those who I rock with, I'm a Tennessee Lady Ball women's basketball college person. So, um, but, so I'm a sports junkie. I watch. I, I don't play a whole bunch. I can't even dunk anymore. I'm 6'3". I was 180 at the time. I'm about 235. Brother can't get up to the rim like I used to. <laughs> so no more dunking in the, in, in the 40s, you know. But anyway, uh, so I like, you know, sports. I'm a big music guy. I, I, I collect vinyl, um, CDs, you know. I'm not big on this digital stuff. I like to cover art. I like to lick the vinyl. I like to t- smell the vinyl. And the, and I like the CDs. I even got some cassette and eight tracks. I'm, I'm old school, guys. I'm old. People think I'm 60. But I'm old. I'm, I'm only 40-something. But uh, I'm old school. And this ortho stuff supports my habit of my sports and my music, <laughs> right? Uh, and um, so that, that's what I like to do. And it's core. Oh my, oh my gosh! I hope my wife ain't listening. The number one thing though is spending time with my my beautiful wife and my two kids and family. That's uh, first. Okay, you hear that, Natalie? That's first. Then the other stuff I just mentioned first earlier. That's that's uh, uh, secondary. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So and I like traveling. I'm a big, I love going, like, I'm a big, like, I'm hurting right now because my favorite city to travel to is New York. Plan to get a second home there. I love live jazz. I'm a big jazz collector as well. And I'm dying missing my jazz shows in New York, man, and hit my favorite spot, my Broadway shows, my my, my jazz clubs, um, my, my shopping, my restaurants, me hitting Harlem and Brooklyn. So I, I love that. Uh, so I miss that right now. And when this COVID thing is over, I'm going to be up in New York about four months out of the year. <laughs> uh, you know, going to my shows and listening to my music um, and that kind of thing. So that's, that's, that's what I like to do. Just wow. <laughs> um, so what do I like to do? So I am actually a homebody, but when I am not home, well, when I am home, I am a TV watcher. Um, I did not start watching TV so much until dental school. So uh-huh. any show, if you... I know it's so odd. Like all I do is all I did was watch TV. It's so crazy. Um, so if you want to know a good show, I got you. Okay. I can tell you the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, when I'm not at home, things that I like to do, like I like nature, like I like people watching and I love traveling. So the pandemic has definitely, um, rained on my parade so when this pandemic is over i will definitely be somewhere in europe or the caribbean or you know i definitely want to go to africa i want to go everywhere so i will definitely be traveling once this pandemic is over and those are my big things like tv relaxing maybe some wine or you know being on a on a flight somewhere have you watched the wire yet I have watched a wire, not completely, okay. but I have watched a wire. That's the show right there. That's so the you prefer. So did you watch um, Power? You know, I haven't watched Power yet, but you know what? I have all the DVDs in my man cave. I got like, <laughs> I got like, like literally. Let me tell. You, I don't want to scare you, but I got. Ooh, sports wise, I got about twelve thousand games archived on DVD from the forties to the day. Twelve thousand. Wow. About 10 to 12,000. I got all the Lakers series from the 70s, 80s, 90s, all my Tyho games from the 70s to the day, all my Gator games from the 70s to the day, and games, NBA games from the 40s and 50s, Minneapolis Lakers games before they moved to LA when they're in the Great Lakes of Minneapolis, you know, the Lakers there. So, uh, you know, I, I, that's, I have a huge man cave. I got like, I don't know, about 800 authentic jerseys on the wall, old school wow. NBA jerseys. It's, it's, it's huge, man. But, uh, <laughs> no. I live in oh yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I, 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 I wanted to comment when you say you were a Gators fan. Listen, I am a diehard Noel. Okay, I love college football, and I will be a security. Noel I die. Security. Yeah. Please escort this woman out of the building. <laughs> so I need you to. I was a fan when y'all were winning. 
when y'all when Charlie exactly. Ford, so what's wrong with you? Man, when I was in fam, I fell in love with that fun and gun, that Warfel and Spurrier, man. That's Spurrier and Danny Warfel, man. I love that fun and gun. Oh my so, god! And I, I just I like some of the people. Some of you are, are I assume, are good people. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm a Gator in football, man. But yeah, I got some good friends at Florida State. We go at it. <laughs> we might have to transition you. We might have to transition you. Oh, and hey, my wife's even worse. She's from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Guess what? Oh, she gosh. Roll something. I can't even. I can't stick it in my mouth to say that. I can't. Don't even say that word to me. I thought her. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know how we married. I'm like, how I married you, woman? So <laughs> how did you do that? Oh gosh, uh, she's the worst. I she mean, she's fine. See, that's why. That's why. That's why. I, <laughs> that's why. And she still is fine. You know what I mean? Go ahead, <laughs> wife. I love it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, I was actually going to ask, how um, did you handle, you know, your relationships and everything, like now being in residency and even opening up your practice? Uh, how how did you handle that? Well, um, I was I was still single up in, like when I finished my residency. What's tripped out is I met her. I finished my residency. I was on the extended hazing program. So a month later after the residency ended, I finished. So I met, I, I actually met her in Orlando, Florida at a church conference, our sister conference in Orlando. I was, I was supposed to go like a few days earlier, but due to Dr. Russell, uh, sorry, somebody uh, held me up a little bit here at HU, you know, um, I, I, once I finished and got my papers and everything and got out, heck out of DC, I was just going to chill in Savannah because I, I was supposed to work that next week. But, some, but I already registered for the church conference um, some months earlier, not knowing I was going to be st- staying in D.C. a few months later than I, than I planned to. Um, so, but something told me, Kevin, you already registered for it. Just go ahead. I know you're tired. You just drove. I literally drove to Savannah that, that, that next morning, and I, I loaded my, my little Corolla and drove to Orlando that same day I, I moved back to Savannah to go to the conference. And, you know, because I said, man, I already applied to this thing. So, I don't know. I may see some old friends in my campus ministry at FAMU in Florida State and TCC. So I went, and then my wife, not knowing her at the time, she was supposed to go to the Essence Festival that weekend in New Orleans, but her girlfriend backed out. And then one of her other girlfriends from church said, girl, let's go to this conference in Orlando. So they packed up last minute that same day and went to the conference, and we met the second day of the conference. So I wasn't supposed to be there. She wasn't supposed to be there. So wow, just, that's a nice story. What happened, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah nothing Meant to be. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I ask you a question? Oh. <laughs> what was that question again? <laughs> Just uh, the impact of relationships and everything, like on your career and all of that. Oh, yeah. You need somebody that's going to be on your side. I mean, whether you're single or, or married or dating, have a good family support system, um, good, you know, good relationship. Hopefully you have a great relationship with your parents or parent. I was a single parent household by my mom. Um, or if you're dating or married, definitely you need to have them be a big support and cheerleader during that transition of, of residency to starting your first, you know, your job post-residency. You, you don't want to have somebody that's constantly putting a lot of pressure on you to be there for them and do this and do that because they, they're going to have to be your cheerleader uh, for a good bit until you get uh, established and settled, that kind of deal. And then once you get settled and things like that, pay, you know, pay it forward, pay it back and reciprocate that. Uh, that's what I wish you. I would definitely agree. I've definitely seen some of my co-residents or my old um, dental dental classmates that the relationship just was too much. Like, especially if the person isn't in dentistry and they don't understand what dental school and residency is all about. So it's important to have someone who understands um, exactly what you're going through because dental school and dental residencies are different from any other type of school and you just have to have someone in your corner like he said and um make sure you're focused and make sure they help you focus as well absolutely absolutely well i do thank you both for being guests on our show So I guess we'll give it up. All right. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Um, And do you 
both either have uh, some closing remarks for our guests or um, social media that, that you want to shout out? Well, um, if you're ever in Atlanta and you need braces, holler at your boy. Uh, our, our website for Alliance Orthodontics is bracesingeorgia.com. Um, it, personally, yeah, I don't really know I'm old school. I, I've never had a social media account ever except for my business. I don't do social like Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or Vine time or any of the other. I don't do all that, man. No, I don't have people, all these people getting at me, man. I'm, I'm just chill. I want to be incognito. You feel me? Like just, but business wise, man, I'm putting my name everywhere, <laughs> you know, like that. But so, you know, just give me, give me a yell. You can find me Alliance Orthodontics, braces in Georgia.com. That's about it. Nice. So if anybody wants to reach out, need any advice or anything like that, you can definitely um, find me on Instagram. I'm Fantasic. So F-A-N-T-A-I-S-H-A-I-C. You can email me at adhenry111 at uh, gmail.com. And that is about it. I mean, oh, I'm also on Facebook too, but um, under my uh, name, Asia Henry. So if you guys need any help, any advice, I am definitely here to help. Absolutely. And again, we are so thankful to have you both on the show. Um, And now we are going to wrap things up and transition into Taylor's takeaways. And today I'd like to discuss the importance of sleep. Um, Sleep is a vital and often neglected component of everyone's overall health and well-being. And when it comes to health, sleep is just as important as exercising regularly and eating a balanced diet. So benefits of a good amount's rest uh, can include better productivity and concentration, an increase in memory, stress reduction. Um, It even helps in the prevention of illnesses, as well as increasing your social and emotional intelligence. So according to the CDC, uh, adults between the ages of 18 and 60 years old are meant to have seven plus hours of sleep. So I'm always preaching we cannot pour out of an empty vessel. And during the day, our body is working so hard, you know, and we're pushing it beyond its limits. So We need to make sure we get an adequate amount of rest and allow our body to repair after a long day. If you like what you hear, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pod for more updates on the show and be sure to give us a shout out. Want to ask us questions or give suggestions on topics that you'd like to hear? Then email us at theocclusaltablepodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear feedback from our listeners, so don't forget to leave a thumbs up, five stars, and a review on whichever platform you're listening on. Well, that's all we have for today. So until next time, this is The, the Occlusal Table! table.